0: This is the Acoustic Guitar Project podcast. I'm Dave Adams, and we're with Mike P. Ryan of the Washington, D.C. Project. How are you doing, Mike? I'm doing great. Thanks a lot, Dave. Awesome. Great to have you. And you wrote a song called All These Tears. Uh, you wrote it in a week and recorded it live. Um, I wanted to ask you what inspired you to create your song.
1: Well, it's it's got a bit of a, a backstory behind it. Um, as i mentioned the other night when when i played the song during the performance i'm irish on both sides so uh... there's a lot of uh, sadness and depression in the irish dna and so mm. it's something that i've had to deal with uh... at various times in my life and a lot of family members have too and i was having a conversation with a family member not long ago uh... and he was telling me about uh, how he thought it was going to uh... he, he was really struggling with depression and and he was concerned that it was going to have a, uh, an effect on his marriage and, and maybe even break it up eventually, and we were kind of talking about how what people that have not actually suffered from depression don't understand is that you can't just snap your fingers and feel better. Folks that have never had to deal with it always kind of want to know why you can't just cheer up, and they sort of confuse it with just everyday sadness. Mm. So as a I guess as a songwriter, and I'm always looking for different ways to tell stories and I thought that was kind of an interesting story to tell and so I guess the story was kind of bouncing around somewhere in my mind and and as I got the guitar and started working on just messing around with different chord progressions I found that particular chord progression and it sounded kind of lonely and and for whatever reason the story uh, or the conversation that I'd had with my relative not long ago. Came to came back to uh, sort of the front of my mind, and so I sort of imagined a, a scenario of a guy that was having problems with sadness and depression, and, and a woman that doesn't understand it, and so she she leaves him because of it. And what I wanted to try to to explore with the lyrics was that notion that you can't just cheer up uh, when it comes to real depression, and so. Mm-hmm. That was sort of the impetus behind the song. I, I set the song in Texas. Uh, I grew up in Oklahoma and Texas and I write a lot of songs about about that part of the country. It's 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 kind of the place I know best and there's a lot of always to me a lot of very interesting imagery that you can use to to sort of create the the visual aspects of the song, and so I, I set it back there
0: and, and tried to tell that particular story. That's a long answer, but that's where it came from. Well, that's a great answer. I mean, <laughs> I, I you just gave like four different ways to write a song, <laughs> uh, you know, and all really, really interesting. You know, let's go back to the first thing you talked about. You said that you you had some chords that had a certain mood. Did you? Right. Did you? Uh, Look for those chords with the intention of like, okay, I want to write about this subject matter, and then it hit it, or was it you were playing around some chords and then it brought that subject matter back to you?
1: Uh, it was it was the latter. I was playing around with the chords and and it brought the subject matter back and and to sort of digress into the musical aspects of it, I I'm a solo, I, I gig as a solo acoustic player, so um, a lot of the stuff I do and a lot of the stuff I write uses uh open chords as as many open chords as i can just because it's it's a fuller sound and as a as a as a as a singleton you know just a boy and his guitar as a friend of mine says um you need that thing to sound as full as you can so in this particular case i was messing around with a it's uh it's kind of a strange chord because i'm not pressing down on the e-string Mm. Uh, it's a D. It's a a B minor shape, but I'm not pressing down on the on the high E string. And in this case, I, I found that if I dropped that high E string down to D flat, and did that particular chord voicing, it, it sounded kind of even lonelier. And so, uh, mm. when I found that particular chord voicing, then the rest of it sort of fell into place.
0: It sounds like you really, uh, you know, obviously have practiced songwriting and have so many different techniques towards getting it you know and and obviously uh you have a real sense of story to it and everything but i mean uh i guess even at that sitting down moment you know how do you decide where you're going to go you know how what what happens like to make that yeah. where, do, where where how do you get there
1: to me you yeah, know i've always joked and said that i, I would I sort of, I'm sort of a frustrated novelist and a, and a frustrated movie director, but I'm too lazy to write fiction. I've tried to write fiction in the past, but I just don't have the stick-to-itiveness. So the neat thing about songwriting is it's sort of these little three-, four-, five-minute novels or movies is, is sort of the way I see it. And so to me, most of the time when I approach a song, uh, there'll be different things. It may be chords, it may be a hook, it may be an idea, but when I start the process to me it's it's sort of like making a little movie and so if you were to go back and listen to most of my stuff you know the beginning of a movie they have an establishing shot that sort of sets the scene and and so that's what I try to do um and in this particular case I I sort of had that idea of you know if it was a movie uh sort of the beginning middle and the end of it and and what what I wanted the theme to be and then I sort of colored in around the edges with the visual images of
0: of of uh sort of rural texas hmm that's a really fascinating way to approach it uh how did you obviously you've you've discovered this about yourself that you write this way did you set out to kind of write that way i mean like how did you recognize like oh wow i'm actually i'm kind of in i'm writing three to five minute stories like when, when did <laughs> that revelation come i mean it had to happen at some point
1: i think the the answer to that is I've, as a young man i was like a lot of guys that end up doing sort of folky singer songwriter stuff in their in their middle years as a young man i played a lot of i was in rock and roll bands and stuff and and was a lead guitar player and i think you have to uh sort of experience life before you can really write about Mm -hmm. uh certain things um and uh, what to answer your question is, is as I became sort of middle aged and became a father and a and a husband and all these things, and I was more drawn to guys that wrote and sang about those types of things, and so I started getting uh, really into a lot of the the singer songwriters that that do story songs, mm-hmm. and uh, so um, one of my favorite guys is a guy named Robert O'Keen, who's a, a Texas singer-songwriter was he was roommates with Lyle Lovett when they were in college and uh, there's a lot of guys from that part of the country that that write songs that, that are story songs and it's sort of an old tradition you know and everybody loves a story song um, and so when I first started getting into songwriting in this particular genre um, I liked story songs myself and so I tried to do I tried to write story songs some of them were good some of them stunk you know but I sort of developed this this process of making these little movies or novellas Mm. in my head and it provides a structure for the songwriting process because you have again you have sort of an establishing shot you have a beginning and a middle and, and a resolution at some point uh with most of my stuff i'm kind of old and and corny so i i like to have some type of a resolution at the end you know i guess if i was more artsy i would just let certain things play out and let people figure it out but i'm I'm kind of corny with a lot of my stuff. I have to come back and resolve it at the end because I, I grew up watching movies that have, you know, mostly happy endings, but endings mm. of some type. So yeah. And uh, one of the things I really enjoy doing is creating sort of the visual imagery and trying to trying to think about you know in this particular song I think there's some kind of some kind of cool imagery mm-hmm. um, you know talks about rainstorm on the far horizon and so when I have something like that. I, want, I, I stop and think, okay, what does that look like to me? What, how can I describe a rainstorm on the far horizon out west? And in this case, described it with long fingers of dark water against the sky of pastel gray. Mm. Uh, you know, that took some doing to get to that, that particular phrase, but... I stop and think. Okay, what is what am I describing? What does it look like to me? And how would I describe that to somebody you know that had never seen it before? And so that's that's another thing that I try to do. Um, and then as I've become more mature as a songwriter, I've tried to do a better job of of sort of being less direct and a little bit more poetic about the way I describe things. I, I can't do it as well as a lot of songwriters do. A lot of my stuff is very literal, but uh, I'm trying to get better about sort of flowering things up a little bit and, and maybe being a little bit more, I guess, what I would call poetic as opposed to being uh, just directly describing this is what it looks like.
0: Yeah. I've, uh, how do you get better at that? The same way you get
1: better at, at hitting a golf ball or anything else. You practice. You have to practice. And uh, the more songs you write, the better you get at it. Uh and that there's just no shortcuts. I mean, some people, I guess, are prodigies when it comes to it, and, and you have to listen to other songwriters too that you like and respect. And the joke I always make is, whenever I I, I hear somebody that I really like, uh, uh, whether it's somebody famous or somebody that I just is sort of in my uh, contemporary of mine, the the joke I always make is that when i hear a really good song it makes me want to write songs and stop writing songs all at the same time because Mm. it makes you some some little part of you goes man i can never i can never do as good as that i'm just i'm a hack i'm a failure (laughs) (laughs) and then but you, you sort of get that spark too that says all right dang it you know i'm gonna bear down and i'm gonna write better songs and every time i get rejected for whatever reason whether it's a songwriting contest or a A gig or whatever in particular with respect to songwriting you know i enter a lot of have entered a lot of songwriting contests and and most of the time you know you're going to get more rejections than you get accepted but i just try to tell myself okay man write better songs that's Mm. what you need to do so yeah (laughs) i just use it as a as a as a motivation to try to get better so long answer again but the short the short answer is you just got to practice you just got to keep at it unless you're some kind of you know bob dylan prodigy or something yeah
0: You know, I mean, it's all subjective. You know, you talk about songwriting, concerts and whatnot. And yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, music and art is really, really subjective, you know. And so how how do you know that you've got something
1: good? Well, it's interesting. And it's sort of a two part answer to that. Um, One is that sometimes the stuff that you think is really you've knocked it out of the park. You play it for other people, and, and my wife always says, "I know I haven't, I haven't hit the mark." When my wife says, "Do you want my honest opinion?" Oh yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, sure. The death knell for You're like,
0: oh, I just got it. Uh,
1: and sometimes you just sort of know, hey, this is good stuff. And, mm. and you know, I mean, in the interest of full disclosure, there are times when I say out loud to myself, "That's it." That's well. That's that's a good one, mm-hmm. but you never know until you play it for other people. And as a songwriter, the other songwriters would probably agree. It's always kind of funny. The most recent thing that you've written is always seems to be the best. Yeah. Um. And and so you're always excited about whatever because it's new and it's fresh. Um. But but you know it, sometimes it, you can tell that it clicks, but most of the time you got to play it for somebody else because the things that you like. Um, <laughs> sometimes it's it's cool and it syncs up and the stuff you really like are the stuff that other people like and other folks like and then sometimes you again you think man I've got it and you play it for other people and you, you know you get that uh, that look so yeah can't tell
0: yeah uh do you do you have a favorite uh story or you know of your of your songs that you've told or or lyric or you know anything
1: you know i i I I have a few. Um, one of them I played the other night, which was mm-hmm. a song called "Sidewalk Romance," which um, I I like. I like first person stuff, and and uh, oftentimes I find that I can get more into it when it's more kind of from the first person perspective. Um, and I and I I like to think that I write a lot of songs about what I would just call everyday people, and so. Um, as opposed to writing about grandiose themes about war and peace and social justice and all that stuff to me what's interesting is is what goes on in everyday people's daily lives mm. and so in that that particular song i think is is just kind of uh, it, it's got some very sort of sweet lyrics to it and it's about a guy that's that sort of worships this girl from afar and he gets the nerve to ask her out and so the song is a conversation it's it's him talking to her kind of making small talk you know hey couldn't help but notice your lights were on and you were home and that type of thing so uh, i I think that particular song is kind of cool and what's kind of interesting about it is i wrote it with uh... sort of a in my mind it was taking place in south texas and I played it for a good friend of mine who's a really good songwriter that's a local guy named Dan Magnolia and and Dan heard it the first time, and he goes, man, that is so New York. That just takes me mm. back, because he grew up in New York. He said, that takes me back to stickball and, you know, sitting on the front stoop and all this stuff in the, of his brownstone and wherever he, where he grew up. And <laughs> I was just like, okay, well, I kind of thought it happened in Texas. So wow. whenever I play it for people, I just say, hey, this takes place in an apartment building wherever you want it to. You know? Yeah, yeah, wherever sure. You. So I thought that was kind of a cool, cool thing when Dan was like, oh,
0: that's just so New York. How did you feel about <clears throat> this particular song and this story? Uh, you know, and, and writing a song in a week. Yeah, I felt like this, and really came out uh, the way I wanted it to. And
1: I'm pretty obsessive compulsive about stuff. Once I once uh, a lot of songwriters do do it, well, every songwriter does things different, but a lot of guys will and gals will will start on something and they'll put it aside and come back to it you know over time and I rarely do that when I when I get started on something I usually I'm, I can't sleep I can't concentrate until I've at least finished like a first draft of it so in this particular song I struggled uh, with things that to a non-songwriter would probably seem crazy but I I knew what I wanted to say with respect to the especially to the chorus which is that that the main character he wants he wants to feel better he wants to get better and and the way it's described in the song is he wants to look into her eyes again I want to look in your eyes again um, without all these tears in the way and that's the that's what I finally seized on but I went through several different iterations of that you know without so many tears in the way. Um, but there's too many tears in the way. So there was like four or five different versions of that particular line that I just kept going over and over as to which one's the best. Uh, but the answer to the question is I really feel like it came out well and uh, so well that um, it's a nice tight song, it's only about four minutes long, um, and so, and it's got a really nice bridge where it it, it goes into a, a little different feel for just a, a little uh, for a short bridge and then comes back and one of the things I really like about the way that it turned out too was that it, it, it does sound kind of lonely and sad for the verses but the choruses it kind of goes to a major key and that's sort of this hopeful uh, message of the chorus is is I do, you know, he loves her, he needs her um, and he'd do anything he could to please her um, and so that's sort of the hopeful message of the song. And I didn't originally; I, I had an ending to it uh, that were sort of was a resolution. But in in the interest of time, and, and probably ultimately made a better song to sort of leave it out there as to what was going to happen. So sort of contrary to what I told you before about always wanting there to be a resolution, there really isn't one in this particular song. Other than you're sort of left with the notion that he wants he wants to ha- to get her back, and he wants. He wants to feel better, and,
0: you know, hopefully, I guess, hopefully that'll take place. Sounds like uh, you're ready to write a sequel. (laughs) (laughs) I
1: don't know about that. Maybe,
0: maybe, maybe this is a
1: trilogy song. That's true. Well, you know, um, interesting digression, but uh, for music fans, there's a really good documentary uh, about the making of Bruce Springsteen's Born to Run, Mm. uh, which is, you know, uh, seminal, you know, piece of work for you know that whole generation of songwriters. And one of the things Bruce Springsteen mentions in that documentary is that that particular album. I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but he says I introduced characters that I would that would stay with me throughout the next you know 20 years of. of. So if you're, I'm not a huge Springsteen fan, but I am a big fan of that particular record and and you can see how he took those particular characters and if you sort of follow the next few records or of his and I, I never really thought of it that way but to your point, um, you know, I sort of feel like I could almost take a, a big batch of my songs and it, it would be sort of the same characters and so maybe not a sequel but hey, maybe that, that guy is the same character that's in some other song past or present so who knows hmm.
0: Wow that's a really interesting idea i'd love all the things that you're saying about songwrites for, yep. like a little tutorial right now <laughs>
1: you know, in, in the old days and i'm i'm too old to, i'm embarrassed to tell you old I am, but you know bands used to do what they call concept albums which meant that the whole album was a, surrounded at one particular story and all the songs both musically and lyrically uh would have a, a sort of a common theme i don't know if they do that much anymore, but when I was coming up, especially progressive rock bands, you know, they would do concept albums, which is always a very interesting thing to me. And I've thought a lot about doing that hmm. and just, just taking all these songs and taking a character and carrying him or her, you know, from start to finish. So I don't That'd know. Be great. You never know. It might be something to, to shoot for someday.
0: I think that sounds awesome. <laughs> well, uh, I, I thought of it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, why not? Like it's, it's, <laughs> It sounds like you'd probably have no problem uh, really drawing inspiration from that. Uh, Is there anything else about the project or the process or anything else that you want to talk about that you feel like we maybe didn't mention that you want to say? Well, I guess
1: the thing that I would offer up, given all the terrible things that are going on in the world these days, is that and it struck me at the show and it, it strikes me about the project, is that uh, and not to sound too corny but you know the world is a better place for these songs being in it and and you see these folks come together like the other night at our our particular show a bunch of different songwriters a bunch of different backgrounds different ages different styles but just incredible talent all in one spot and so you know what I tell people all the time that are you know musicians you know we all go through, go through ups and downs and what I try to tell myself but the, the phrase I use all the time is hey man uh, you know the world is a better place because your song because you, you know you, you put that song out there in it so whether it's somebody famous or whether it's a local guy that's doing open mics um, you make the world a better place and that's a cool thing about this particular project is you know, but for the project this particular song and all the cool songs you heard the other night probably wouldn't have been written and do that times however many folks around the world are participating in this project and so that many new songs are out there in the world for the world to enjoy and so you know again it, not to get too corny but it, it makes the world a better place for the, you know and that's, that's really what it's all about that's what songwriting and, and sharing your music and your art is really all about
0: I couldn't agree more Uh, that's why i have a lot of sleepless nights (laughs) (laughs) because i know it's worth it i know it's worth it yeah uh and the world is a better place because of your song being here so i thank you for that very very much and i appreciate your contribution to the project it really uh was great to see you play it live as well too thank you um so I'm Dave Adams. Thanks for listening to the Acoustic Guitar Project podcast. We are with Mike P Ryan, and here's his song, "All These Tears," written and recorded live in one week for the acoustic for theacousticguitarproject.com.
2: Well, the afternoon air is hot and heavy. Like a blanket made of wool's been pulled across the August sky And I hope the rain comes soon and falls down steady Cause there's dust upon the window panes and the riverbed's bone dry And I'm driving down this farm to market road Thinking how last night you said you'd be Leaving here at sunrise to spend some time alone well, I find a way to shake the blues that have taken over me. Oh, when I want you and I need you and I do anything I could to please you. I wanna lift the veil of sadness that covers me each day. I wanna look into your eyes again without all these tears in the way. I can see a rainstorm on the far horizon Long fingers of dark water Stain a sky of pastel gray And I guess you're out there on the highway driving To a secret destination That's someplace far away And I can't really blame you for feeling like you do I'm not the man you fell in love with anymore And I know I've made a mess of things with my melancholy moods But they're not a coat that I can shed when I walk through the door Oh, but I love you And I need you And I'd do anything I could to please you I wanna lift the veil of sadness That covers me each day I wanna look into your eyes again Without all these tears in the way Tears in the wind And I walk through our front door tonight And I find myself alone In an empty house that's quiet as a graveyard With an empty bed that's cold as a stone Cold as a stone stone Well I wish I could lay me down tonight and close my eyes Wake up and feel you next to me again wish a summer thunderstorm would crash out of these sultry skies Wash away my sorrow with the water and the wind Cause I love you, and I need you And I'd do anything I could to please you I wanna lift the veil of sadness Covers me each day. I wanna look into your eyes again without all these tears in the way. Without all these tears in the way.